Can you believe it's been about two years since we uh, voted to uh, purchase the land on uh, Siege Slag in 173? It's been about two years of place to gather. That's uh, really amazing. So today we're here to celebrate. Um, I'm going to start our time out here. Well, we prayed and we've sang, so I guess I'm not really starting our time out, but we'll continue our time of worship uh, with prayer. So uh, please bow your heads with me. Uh, God, we need you. You are our King. Uh, Jesus, we are forgiven because you were forsaken. We are accepted because you were condemned. And we are alive and well because you died and rose again. The words of that song give voice to the truth that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have new life. Father, by the victorious death and resurrection of Jesus, we come before you as your church, a redeemed people, sons and daughters of the King, heirs to a great promise and an amazing inheritance. Uh, Holy Spirit, we pray that you be active among us as we pray, as we give thanks, as we remember the great things you have done and are doing at LifeSpring Community Church and the place to gather. And we thank you for doors you've opened, resources you've provided, and opportunities to serve in our community. And we pray for your blessing upon Richmond, Spring Grove, Twin Lakes, Antioch, Johnsburg, Wilmot, the surrounding areas. Bless those who live and serve and work in our community with the light of Christ and the joy of your presence. Now, as we open your word, we pray that the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So uh, we are celebrating a place to gather. If you were a guest, we don't normally gather on tables around here, and we don't normally have lunch afterwards either. But, uh, but if you are here and you uh, haven't been a part of LifeSpring, I want to invite you and know that uh, you can either slip out if you want to slip out or, or join us for lunch. We'd love to have you do that. Um, Together, we are building a place to gather to bless the neighborhoods, schools, and families in the greater Richmond Spring Grove area. And uh, I want to remind us as we, as we get started here about why we've been uh, building a place to gather. Why are we doing this? And almost two years ago, I asked the question, uh, why should our place to gather be their place to gather? And uh, why are we building a place to bless the whole community, whether they're Christians or not, why should we share what we have with people who don't necessarily love God or love us? Uh, and shouldn't we use what we have just for the needs of the church? Um, so we spent time answering these questions in 2018. Those messages are online if you choose to uh, pursue them. But I want to remind us that there are good theological reasons for doing what we're doing. Uh, namely, that God loves people, that he rescues people, and he invites people to his table. And in response, we should love people, we should participate in their rescue, and we should also invite them to our table. So God loves people, and so should we. When we use what we have to bless people abundantly, we mirror the heart of God. And God provides a sun and rain and crops and food and the just and unjust alike. These things bear witness to God's providential care, even to those who don't know him. If you want uh, further Information on that, Matthew 5, 43 through 48, Acts 14, 17. And then God made us in his image, and we are called to love fellow image bearers of God. God loves people, and so should we. Um, God rescues people, and so should we. Ephesians 3, 8 through 12, Paul explains God's plan for sharing his word was to make God's wisdom known. And how is God's wisdom known? It's known through Jesus Christ. And some of you have memorized Colossians 1, 13 through 14, for he has 
rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So we have been rescued from darkness to the kingdom of light. God has called us to participate in the rescue of others. And place together is for all people to enjoy, but we believe the place of greatest blessing is to be in relationship with Jesus. And then finally, God invites people, and so should we. Uh, Matthew 9, uh, 9 through 13 uh, tells a story of Jesus coming up to Matthew, the tax collector, and, and uh, Jesus told Matthew, follow me. And uh, Matthew not only followed Jesus uh, and, uh, and gave back money that he had taken that he shouldn't have taken and, and uh, blessed other people, he also threw a dinner party at which many sinners and notorious uh, uh, sinners and tax collectors gathered, and the religious leaders at the time were part of that dinner, and, or, or at least saw them and said uh, and criticized Jesus for being a part of that. Why would you invite sinners and tax collectors to your table? And in response, Jesus said, this is actually my ministry um, to come and rescue sinners. I invite them to my table. So together, we have been building a place to gather to bless the neighborhood schools, families in the greater Spring Grove, Richmond area, because we want to mirror God's heart in loving and rescuing and inviting and I guess the, uh, the question is, will we all love and rescue and invite um, other people as we pursue place together? Now, some might argue and say, well, these are all biblical and, and Christian things to do, but uh, what does a place have to do with any of this? Why do we need a place in order to mirror God's love, to, to participate in the rescue, to invite people? Why do we need uh, a place? And does God use places? And I personally believe God use, uses places as well as people. Um, some examples, the Garden of Eden, Promised Land, Mount Sinai, Jerusalem, the ground underneath Moses' feet at the, at the burning bush um, are a few. But then there's this word, house of God. Isn't the church sometimes called the house of God? Um, are we building the house of God in any meaningful sense? Or is that just the gathering of people? Uh, 124 months ago, I figured this out, uh, my, uh, my wife Asha and I, our four children, and our two dogs uh, moved from California up into this area, moved around Lake into the, the house of our friends, Yagoda and Veet. Now, Yagoda and Veet moved to the basement and gave us the upstairs, which is far nicer and larger, uh, and, and just kind of blown away. Like, why would you do this? I mean, we're friends and everything, but uh, what Yagoda kept on saying again and again is that we're, you're, you're building the house of God. We want to be a part of building the house of God. And I thought, are we building the house of God? I mean, in what way are we building the house of God? Is it uh, the gathering of God's people? Is it, has it have to do with a place? How do we think about building the house of God? And so, what do you do when you have a question like that? Well, you look it up in Scripture, right? You go and say, where does house of God show up in Scripture? And so, if, you were to, if we were to open our Bibles right now and start leaving through there, and, uh, or uh, more, maybe more quickly, we Google it. Um, if we're to look up house of God, we're going to find out that that shows up with tabernacle and temple most often. Uh, that the tabernacle was called the house of God, the temple was called the house of God, that God meaningfully 
met people in these special places. In fact, in the building of the tabernacle and the temple, God inspired the builders with his Holy Spirit for those things. But does anyone know where the word house of God showed up originally before even that? It's with um, God's servant, Jacob. I always wondered how Jacob got in the lineup of, of, uh, of good guys in the uh, Old Testament because he's done so many rotten things, but he had a heart for the Lord. And uh, so uh, as, as the story goes, Jacob stole Esau, his brother's birthright. And so he's fleeing uh, Esau and he had to kind of leave fairly quickly. So at some point he needed to go to sleep and then having forgotten his favorite pillow, he lay down on the ground and pulled up a rock for a pillow and went to sleep. And there's this dream of a, of a ladder going from, uh, from heaven to earth, and angels are ascending and descending. You heard the scripture read earlier today. And later, um, about 1,800 years later, Jesus explained to his disciple Nathaniel in John 1.51 that the ladder between heaven and earth had to do with him. He said, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So in Jacob's dream, he's, he was promised land, he was promised descendants as numerous as the dust of the earth, and that God would be with him wherever he went and bring him and his family back to this place. And then Jacob wakes up, and this is what he said, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place, the ground that he was sleeping on. How awesome is this place? It is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. And right around now, theologically, I want to slap Jacob. I'm like, no, no, it's God's important, not this place. Early the next morning, Jacob took a stone he'd placed under his head. So he takes his pillow. He sets it up as a pillar. He pours oil on top of it, and he calls the place Bethel, uh, though the city used to be called Luz. Jacob made a vow. If God will be with me, He's be bargaining with God. And I'm like, Jacob, come on. Uh, if God will be with me and watch over me in this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat, clothes to wear, so that I return safely from my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And the stone that I have set up will be a pillar, will be God's house, and of all that you've given me, I will give you a tenth. Like, this is great. God's going to be with me. He's going to do all these things. And I, God, I'll give you this stone as a house to live in. And so right now I'm like, Jacob, come on, wake up, buddy. And yet, later on in Genesis 35, 1, God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel. Go up to Beit El, the house of God, and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing your brother Esau. So Jacob goes and brings his family, brings everyone over there. They, uh, God renews his, his, renews his promises to Jacob, and Beit El was a holy place. Bethel. So clearly, God has used places in the past. We're returning to this place of gather idea. And Bethel, if you follow the trajectory later, became a place of idolatry. That's where Jeroboam set one of the golden calves for people to worship. So it, it went, at one point, it was a holy place, and later it became a place of idolatry. And I as I kind of unwind this and try and figure out how it relates to us, are we building God's house? And how does this place have to do with our theology? And, and why, should, why should it matter what we're doing? We, we want to bless all kinds of people, but it 
what I come back to again and again and again is if a place is special, it's special because the presence of God is there. Just like if we are in a good place, the presence of God is in us. But sometimes God meaningfully uses certain places in certain ways. And it is my prayer and my belief that God will use what we're doing right now for his glory. It doesn't mean at some point that someone couldn't turn this around and use it for bad. But I believe that God is calling us to use the place to gather for his glory, to impact our community, to, um, to make a difference in people's lives. Um, that my dream that marriages and, and would be repaired and that children would grow into a godly relationship with their parents and, and, di- and people that are struggling with addictions and different things that, that, that some of those can be broken. But best of all, and, and also a place of community where people can just enjoy themselves, but best of all, it is my dream that people would come to know Christ, have their relationship with God restored, and that would be a holy thing that would take place at the place to gather. As we're sort of bringing this all together, and we're going to have some updates and things coming up. Uh, I think it's important to remember that um, our journey has taken two years, and I never thought it would take this long to get as far as we've gone. And yet, at the same time, as you'll hear, many amazing things have happened along the way. It's been harder than I ever had imagined. Uh, God has refined me in the process, and I think it's, he's refined several other people in this congregation in the process. And yet at the same time, he's provided abundantly and made it clear that his hand is on on this. Um, With that, I'd like to invite um, Tom and Carol up here uh, to share. Tom has been leading our, uh, he's been leading our efforts on uh, on constructing the the place to gather. And uh, Carol has been working with us on the finances and uh, you guys have been absolutely invaluable in everything that uh, that you've been doing. And uh, I'm grateful. I'll give you a mic so you can actually. uh... Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm surprised to hear that it really has been two years. It doesn't seem that long, actually. So yeah, Yeah, um, 2018, we uh, voted unanimously to purchase this property. And then um, as, I, as I look at uh, your commitment, uh, yours and Carol's, I, I, one of the questions I had was what, what made you so excited about this project and uh, made you so committed and um, putting your blood, sweat, and tears into it? Well, uh, to start off, I guess uh, my wife and I have been blessed um, for the last nine years uh, since the first time we walked into the grade school uh, to now. And... Um, we've just truly been blessed from LifeSpring. Um, uh, we have made LifeSpring our home and happy to call everyone here our family. Uh, Place to Gather has always been something that's been committed, I've committed my heart and my soul to. Uh, it's been a wonderful, uh, wonderful step to see God's kingdom grow. Uh, and it's, it's really made me blessed. And I've been so happy to be a part of LifeSpring because of that. Um. And then as, as you've worked through, uh, I mean, you, you've done all sorts of things to make this, uh, I mean, people don't know, it's, it's hard to describe all the, all the details that go into uh, the construction of this project, because uh, I think at least half the work, maybe more, is done before we ever put a, a shovel in the ground. Um, but as, as, we've, um, as we've gone through this preparatory phase, which we're almost done with now, um, how has God worked in, in your life? Well, I feel that uh, God's kingdom has worked 
so many different ways in my life, uh, over the, especially over the last nine years. Um, as everyone is aware, uh, back in September, uh, I was diagnosed with throat cancer. Um, it was a real difficult time for me at that time. Um, and uh, the trials, very, very scary with a lot of unknowns. However, if it found me, I found myself a lot closer to God. Uh, I began praying a lot more. Um, I have a lot more reading of, of the Bible. Uh, my children themselves have been a lot more spiritual, uh, which has been a blessing in themselves uh, to see that because uh, they were breaking apart a lot. Uh, so, you know, ironically, the throat cancer that I ended up having, um, it was as terrible as it was. It really was uh, a godsend um, in my eyes uh, because my children wouldn't have been as strong as they are with God right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, back in 2019, uh, after one of your sermons, um, uh, I prayed and I prayed to the Lord, how can I be stronger? How can I, how can I be str a stronger Christian? Um, and I believe that that was God's answer, is to give me cancer. Uh, because at that point in time, ever since I knew I got cancer from the first day, um, I... I I spoke to God directly, and um, I prayed more uh, on my way to the hospital uh, during my, before my treatments, uh, during my treatments, and after my treatments. Um, I found myself in the middle of the night praying. Um, my my wonderful wife, and, you know, I became more spiritually closer together, um, and I've been blessed. You know, the Lord has actually blessed me with my wife because of that too. Because um, I couldn't have made it without her, um, it it's just you know I, I have this un, unending love for the Lord at this point uh, a lot more than I had before I even had cancer. So um, it, like I said, as as bad as it might seem, it it really was a blessing in my life. And many times we've been out on the property praying um, for the place to gather, praying for uh, cancer, praying for just all sorts of things, and and that's that's been a joy for me too. Tom, what what are you um, most excited about where we're at in this phase with, with Place to Gather and, and what might happen in the future? I think it's a very exciting time right now for Place to Gather, uh, for Life Spring and Place to Gather. Um, we are putting something together that's bigger than a part of all of us right now. Uh, we are going to end up blessing the community. Um, everyone's going to be able to have a place, a place to gather, uh, bring their families, raise their communities. It's going to be a safer place. Uh, the village of Spring Grove doesn't have anything like this, and um, I, my children have been raised in Spring Grove, um, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of drugs uh, and alcoholism because these young young kids have no place to go, and I just am so encouraged uh, to be a part of this because of that, and hopefully you know get all these young kids off the street uh, and make these families a lot stronger, and. Um, it really is going to bless this community for decades to come. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, at this time, I'd like to invite the elders up here. We want to pray for. If I, if I may say one other thing, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, go I, I just want to. You're still invited up. Come on up <laughs> while Tom's talking. I just, I just want to thank you know LifeSpring uh, for all the prayers that I've received over the last eight months. Um, it, it really, really is wonderful. Um, also, I'd like to. Uh, 
Thank, I, I've been blessed like from the Lord because you know, 10 years ago he gave me my wife and I, I couldn't have made it without her over the last eight months. So um, thank you all for all your prayers and your thoughts. Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are uh, coming today, Lord, with gratitude, with thanks, with praise uh, for what you've done for our church as a whole. And right now, God, we just uh, want to give you thanks for what you've done in the life of Tom and Carol, God. We just are so grateful for their faithfulness for, for nine years uh, with this body, with this fellowship. And God, we're thankful for um, their leadership and their sacrifice, the hours they put in, and the emails and the meetings and the going to the property and the going to the village and working, checking numbers and just all they've done, Lord. We are so grateful um, for their service uh, throughout this uh, project. And God, thank you so much also for um, Tom's perspective and his faith and Carol's as well. And trusting you, God, that, uh, that you give and you take away and you, um, of the, their ability to take the, the trials with the blessings, Lord. God, we uh, just want to lift up Tom and Carol to you and um, ask your grace on them. Lord, thank you so much that Tom has come so far uh, through his uh, battle with throat cancer. And I pray, God, that you will uh, just continue to give, bring him to, back to full health and just pray for wisdom for doctors and patience for Tom and Carol and just for your gracious hand to heal and to restore. And we just uh, pray for your continued hand uh, with the Place Together project. We pray in Jesus' name. Father God, we just, uh, you are sovereign, you are holy, uh, you are perfect, you are all-knowing, you are our creator, you are our foundation. Um, Lord, you sent your son to, uh, to live amongst us and then to defeat death so that we might uh, be able to enjoy an eternity with you. Uh, Lord, every hour we need you. Uh, may every day and every night we just strive to, to chase after you, to be filled by your Holy Spirit. Um, Father, I thank you for Tom and Carol. I thank you for getting to, uh, to get to know them better uh, through leadership and uh, this property. And uh, uh, Lord, just how your example of, of Christ being a servant to others, uh, thank you for that example so that uh, we might show that same sort of uh, humility and servitude to others, um, to show our faith through love to them. And Lord, that example that uh, these two have, um, have just uh, radiated uh, through all of the trials, Lord. Thank you for your scriptures as we approach these rocky paths in our lives that you promise will come, um, and that you promise that you will be faithful to us to get them through. Uh, we thank you for these things. In your name, amen. amen. Thank you. Jason's going to be, Jason's our campaign chair for a place together, so he's going to be sharing uh, some God sightings and where we're at with that. And, um, and I, I just want to encourage you as... Um, as we think about uh, Tom and Carol's testimony, um, some of you might have been affected by God. Some, God might have done something powerful in your life. This was not easy for Tom to share. And, uh, but at the same time, I think it's powerful for us when God's working in our lives to be able to share it, share it with other people. Thank you, Cabot, and thank you, Tom and Carol, for sharing and just for how you've served this church uh, behind the scenes in so many ways. The hours that, that Tom and Carol have put in, uh, 
it would surprise you if you saw it, and I'm sure you're not calculating it, but the hours of service have just uh, have blown me away to see uh, just what they've done for this church, so, so thank you. Um, so as Kevin mentioned, I am the, the chair of the Place Together Project. Had you told me that in 2011 that I would be an elder and a worship leader here and a, and a chair for a project on a 20 acres, building a church, a community center, and, and retail space, I, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but in 2011, we found LifeSpring. Uh, me and my family had moved to this area. Uh, we had tried multiple churches, both near and far, uh, had never heard of LifeSpring, probably because they were meeting in the grade school gymnasium. And had you not driven by on a Sunday morning, you would not have seen the sign. Um, but we got an invitation uh, for an Easter service in 2011. And we said, wow, it's close. LifeSpring, never heard of it. Let's go check it out. And, and we were blown away um, by the love and just the acceptance that we experienced. I think we met every single person that morning, maybe it was 40 people, and just really felt desired. Um, and in all of our, our searching, we just felt, um, we served at a church for many years that was 45 minutes from our house. And many times we felt disconnected from the church that we served in because we couldn't make it to last minute things or dinners and whatever else. So we really wanted to find a place close that we could be in connection and serve our community. Um, so we, we fell in love with Life, with LifeSpring kind of right away, uh, and one of the biggest reasons was it gave us an opportunity to serve. It was a growing church. Uh, for us and our family, one of the biggest parts of our faith and growing in our faith is serving others, right? Uh, coming to church is great to be fed, but if you're not serving and giving of yourself sacrificially, there, there's a little lack of growth. So for us, it was a great place to plug in uh, and to serve, and now, as, as Tom and Carol said, so many of you are like family to us. Uh, Asha and Cabot, I can't look at you while I say this, but they're like second parents to me. I mean, uh, I consider Cabot to be a mentor of mine. Uh, any important decision in my life, he's the first call that I give to. He's been more, more than supportive to me in, in, in multiple situations. Uh, and it's just changed the trajectory, uh, tra trajectory of our family and our faith. So uh, this has been just a true blessing uh, for me to have found this place. Um, but as many of you know, uh, LifeSpring was started in 101010. Um, we found the church in late 2011. Uh, in 2012, uh, I guess one funny story I'll add. After the first day that we left, we'd walked out of the, out of the school, and we said, wow, that was great. And I said, the only thing is they're meeting in this school. Like, wouldn't it be nice if they had a, you know, a building? And we, I was kind of joking about it, just laughing, but it wasn't too long after that um, that we found this space. And the first time we walked through here, there was about 40 boats in here. There was a boat storage facility. None of the classrooms, none of these walls existed. Um, so in August of 2007, we moved into this space. Uh, and through that, our church grew relationally and, and, and in many great ways because we did it all in-house. Jeff Vandalip's not here this morning, but props to him for taking on that project. He really led us through that. Uh, and so many of the guys in this room and who were up, sta up on stage, you know, after work, they were here. We were hanging drywall and painting. And it was arduous at times, and it was difficult on our families. But through it, and at the end, we've got a lot of pride in this place. And having done a lot of it ourselves, uh, it was just an amazing experience. Uh, and we're excited for our, our new place and the things that we'll be able to do and grow as we work together. Um, so that was in 2012 uh, we moved here. Um, we started in 2014 as leadership to look for land to build on. Uh, and it was in 2014, or we started, you know, for th about three years we were searching and working with the village to find a place. Um, and in 2014, we found this location. Um, in 2015, we had heavily pursued a few properties on Route 12. Uh, those fell through, and thank God for that, because they were much smaller in size and much more expensive. Uh, so I think the Lord was uh, protecting us in some ways at that time as we were eager to make a move. Um, 
At the end of 2017, when the Place Together project was in its infancy, we started working with CIF, Christian Investors Financial. Actually, at that time, it wasn't called Place Together. We didn't have a name for it yet. It was, it was that early on. Uh, David Velen, he's our advisor, and he helped us navigate this project, and he continues to provide support as uh, we progress in this ministry campaign. Working with David was just a great experience. His wealth of knowledge and experience in guiding churches through this process uh, just really encouraged us, and he had a plethora of stories of churches just like ours that, that set goals, and the Lord just blew those goals out of the water and did amazing things in their midst. Uh, so after meeting with him, we were really excited to step out in faith and see where the Lord was going to take us on this journey. Um, after David reviewed our financials and giving statements and budget, and no names, of course, just numbers, you know, he came to us and said, listen, the church of your size, uh, an appropriate goal would be 500000 uh, and we wrestled with that a little bit, and as a group uh, of leaders decided, you know what, let's, let's go with David's suggestion, 500000 is probably you know, what we can raise, but let's set a mountaintop goal as well. So we set a mountaintop goal of $1 million, uh, and just thought anything over five hundred would be you know, a blessing. Uh, January 10th of 2018, we had a unanimous vote, as Cabot mentioned, to purchase the land. June of 2018, we officially bought that land. Um, we purchased that land for $375,000. They were originally asking four hundred and fifty dollars for that property. Um, they are believers who sold us the property and really worked with us, and we, we prayed together and worked through it. We really felt like we were blessed both in price and in quantity. Uh, all the properties we were looking at previously, we were looking about half that size, of about 10 acres. So we've been blessed. Uh, it's also been a challenge to work through because we, we now have an extra 10 acres than we had planned on to deal with and to, uh, to upkeep and take care of. So that, I think, is part of the reason why it's taken a little bit longer because the Lord blessed us but then said, hey, you're going to have to think about this, that your, your options of giving and what we can do here are much bigger uh, than we had originally thought. Uh, when we launched the Place Together project, we used the example in First Chronicles 29 of David building the temple. David first gave of his personal treasure, and then he asked the leaders to give. Uh, in verse 3, it states, Besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures. In verse 5, when he was talking to the leaders, David says, Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? In verse 6, Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. Verse 9, the people rejoiced at the will and response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David, the king, also rejoiced greatly. On the onset of Place to Gather, the leaders gathered together and began the advanced commitment phase, as in the example in First Chronicles. May of 2018, after receiving the advanced commitment cards from those leaders who had spent much time uh, praying and fasting and coming together and said, listen, we have to sacrificially give here to get this project off on the right foot, and before we would come to the church and ask for a dime, let's give and commit ourselves. Uh, so as you can see, this was a slide we used back then. Uh, after talking with the leaders and receiving their commitments, uh, we had committed 722420 and that was from 13 families and organizations. Um, so right from the onset, the Lord blessed us, and I commend the leaders and all those who were part of that advanced commitment phase. They all stepped up in a huge way. Uh, making sacrifices uh, of their own personal finances and organizations, and it really just you know blew our initial goal out of the water before asking for a dime from anybody other than a handful of people. Uh, so that was a huge God sighting. Uh, June 2018, after we uh, kind of opened the audience more to the congregation and had shared this number, 
the number of families involved grew from 13 to 19, and we were rejoiced to announce that we'd raised 780,000 in commitments at that time. Uh, and as of today, we have received 600,000 or 75% of those pledged monies, and we're halfway through that three-year commitment period, so we're doing really well uh, in that period to the money that we've received, which is going to be very helpful because we are really close to breaking ground, um, so that money will be well put to use here soon. As of today, we have had a total of 47 families and organizations, both inside and outside of this church, that have given to the project. Uh, we've raised an additional 125000 outside of these pledges that I mentioned uh, by way of one-way gifts, one-time gifts, uh, money received in the weekly offering, uh, and things of that nature. Uh, then comes May of 2019, and uh, we're wrestling with all this and praying about this. It wasn't quite enough money to build. We could buy the land, purchase the land, make some really good plans, but it just wasn't quite enough. And we were, we were happy with that, and we were, we were in, a, in a thankful spirit to God that he had, he had done so much, and we could purchase this land and really start making some good plans. In May of 2019, we sold a building after a unanimous vote of the members uh, of a building and land that was donated to us out of state, uh, that we sold for $1.4 million. I'm sure many of you were here when we announced that, which just completely, you know, we were flabbergasted, if that's a word people still use, just shocked at the, at the amount that the Lord had blessed us. Uh, and even as we were looking at this property when it was donated, uh, the person who donated and ourselves, the expected value was nothing near that price. Uh, we, we priced it at a higher rate and just thought, hey, we'll see what the Lord can do. Uh, and in a quick fashion, we sold it at a at a great price, so we were, we were thrilled with that. In April of 2019, after the sale of that property, we decided to pay off the land, so we own that 20 acres free and clear. We are in no debt for that land. Um, and even in this, we were blessed by a longtime supporter and friend of Lifespring who collateralized our loan uh, during the 10 months that we had financed to buy, to buy that property. Um, so we got a really, really low interest rate because of the love and commitment and sacrifice uh, of a good friend of Lifespring. Uh, so just along the way, we can just see multiple times that people stepped up and God provided um, through this two-year process. Um, in recent news, in October of 2019, we received a $50,000 donation. And again, in November of 2019, we received yet another $50,000 donation, uh, which is huge. You know, we expect money to kind of trickle in, but to give these kind of a... Uh, to see these kind of big donations come out from people as they hear our story and see it progress, um, it's just more than we thought could ever be possible. So, I mean, again, in all this, God is good, right? Uh, and our faith and what we think in our minds of what is capable, uh, nothing is bigger than God, and he can do many things that, that we could never imagine. Uh, so I'm pleased to announce as a congregation, we have raised over $2.1 which is four times our base goal and two times of our mountaintop goal. Praise the Lord, right? It's just... Amazing. It's amazing. Now, while this is great and, and we're completely blown away, we need all these funds and more to complete our first phase of what we have put together. Uh, we've got a great team of architects, and, and as this is a multi-phase um, project, um, it's, it's wise to build a first phase that will be easy to build onto and not have to undo work that's already been done. So they've come up with a great plan to where we'll easily be able to expand and move on to next phases. Um, and like I said, though we are short, we are faithful and know that the Lord will provide. Uh, and again, that this is just going to be a huge blessing to this community. Uh, and while all these updates and successes along the way have been great and encouraging, uh, the timing for this move is critical. We are at a capacity in our classrooms. Anybody with kids probably knows that. Our church is growing as well, which gives little room in our sanctuary to handle continued growth. 
Uh, we've had to be creative in our arrangement of Sunday schools to accommodate the growth in the children's area. Uh, the older class is meeting up in Cabot's office, if you didn't know, which is less than ideal, but it's, it's what works to allow the room for the younger ones. Uh, the property that we are currently leasing here now, though it's been a huge blessing, uh, is under new management. And uh, while our landlord has been very generous uh, with us through the years, uh, we don't expect this generosity to continue in the same way. And in fact, we've been told this. Um, our rent is going up significantly at the end of our current lease. In 11 months, we've been told to market value. We've not been given a number, but they've mentioned it uh, would be market value. After this, obviously, you can see there's been a lot of construction and, and updates to this building with new management in charge. Um, in our estimates, uh, we think it could be as much as double what we're paying now. Um, so we do see and feel like God's timing is perfect, that he's orchestrated the steps all the way along the way and is providing the funds for us to move uh, hopefully right at the time as our lease is up would be just a huge blessing. Uh, but regardless, we know that the Lord is in this, and uh, we're just going to continue to faithfully follow him and see where he leads us. Um, and I just wanted to say, let me be very clear, uh, that, that though I've spoken a lot about numbers and buildings, this move is a missional move. This is not about a building. We will be better able to engage our community at a new location. More people will come to Christ. More people will be able to be sent out into the mission field. We will be strategically located to serve a wide range of communities and be in a much more visible place, attracting more visitors to whom we will happily welcome into our family as our family was welcomed. We have plans and dreams of many ways in which we can better serve our community and neighborhoods. Uh, I commend Brian, and I can't wait for this to happen. You didn't know I was going to say this, but Brian really wants to uh, offer a class for a uh, common sense class for teens, which I think that is an amazing idea, and most of you would probably agree our teens need that in this day and age, uh, some good common sense. They don't teach that in school. Uh, in nearly 10 years of LifeSpring's existence, numerous people have come to Christ and reconnected their lives to Christ. The kingdom of God is being furthered through our efforts and the Lord's leading. LifeSpring is blessed to have sent out 10 planters, pastors, and missionaries so far, and we have plans to send out many more. That's nearly one a year sent out, which is amazing. Here at LifeSpring, we are all about gospel gather go, disciples growing disciples, churches planting churches, spreading the love of Christ in all that we do. Uh, as I mentioned in working with David Veland uh, with CIF, we were so encouraged by his stories and uh, just his experience and, and knew we were in good hands as he uh, helped orchestrate uh, this project um, uh, getting off uh, on the right foot. Uh, now, LifeSpring is one of his success stories. So as he's working with churches today, we are an example for those churches you know, in, in their infancy of starting their projects. Uh, David is thrilled with our progress and is just totally blown away with what's been able to be accomplished uh, with a church of our size. Um, so he's, he's, he's thrilled with us, and he, he loves those success stories because that helps him in encouraging others as they take a leap of faith as well. Uh, the things that we've accomplished through the work of the Lord have by far succeeded what our small minds could imagine. Uh, we are excited to see what else the Lord has in store for us. So as it's stated in First Chronicles 29, now who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Uh, if you've given to this project uh, sacrificially already, I commend you and I thank you. Um, and we're just excited to be in this work together uh, to, to further this project. Uh, if you have not committed or, or given anything, this is your invitation. Uh, we would love to see an, an all-in, 100% unified front on this. It's been that way in this church all along as we've progressed through these things. And no matter how big or how small your gift, the, the idea of being united and going to this community and serving them as a united group and, and being all in together, that you very rarely see that 
uh, in our society these days. So that is a powerful ministry and, and just a powerful, a powerful way to approach this community. Uh, our desire is to, to bless this community uh, in a unified front in, in just amazing ways. So we're excited to see what the Lord um, has in store. Um, so yes, above all else, uh, given or not given, we need your prayers. There's a few big things coming up. We're expecting uh, some answers back from IDOT on, on the entrance way that we're working with. Uh, we also potentially have some big votes here in March uh, with the Planning and Zoning Committee as well as the approval of our PUD. Uh, so above all else, uh, regardless of finances, we need your prayers. We still have some hurdles to overcome. Um, but for me, uh, you know, going through some of this material and, and, and preparing for today, you know, as you're in the weeds going through some of this stuff, it just feels like a lot of resistance. But going back and seeing what we've been through, it just it just blew my mind. You know, you forget some of these uh, God sightings. You know, as you're looking ahead, uh, but the Lord has been faithful in the past. He's been faithful today, and he he will continue to be faithful in the future. So, so we just hold fast to that uh, and continue to seek His face and, and pray about this project. And again, for all those who have given, just thank you. We appreciate that, and we're excited to work together uh, to bring Jesus' story to this community in in a, in a stronger fashion. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. That was, uh, was really helpful to kind of see, you know, what, what God's been doing and, uh, and uh, how powerfully he's worked among us. We are still, um, as Jason mentioned, still in the fundraising mode. We're still we're applying for grants. We're still uh, trying to raise the money needed for this project. But it is amazing what God has done, and uh, I am just so encouraged by that. Um, I want to take a minute and explain the uh, Place Together uh, concept and uh, kind of where we're at with that. Um, so I'll, I'll be brief on this, but um, the location uh, of our property is in between several small towns. So we have uh, Twin Lakes, Wilmot, Antioch, Spring Grove, Richmond. Uh, we're within about uh, a five to eight minute uh, drive from all of those communities. Um, so we're, uh, we're although we say Spring Grove and Richmond, uh, there there are several different areas that we'll be we'll be drawing from as we move up north a little bit. Uh, I want to show you the uh, uh, the site. Um, as many of you have seen this, you've seen pictures of this, but uh, you may or may not have had uh, the opportunity to learn how all that works together. But essentially, as as Jason said. Uh, we, we are pinched mostly in children's uh, areas in this particular building, but we're moving not because of that, but because we believe this area uh, can be used for the whole community and uh, that the church can be the heartbeat of the community. So these front two buildings are retail. It's about 24,000 square foot of retail that uh, we hope will be um, driving pedestrian traffic. We want those types of things that would, uh, that would contribute to the whole of the project. Um, a community center of uh, a similar size, uh, I forget the exact dimensions, but 25,000-ish square feet. And then uh, there is sort of a pavilion area up, up in this region uh, and, uh, and a lot of outdoor space uh, where we could do different activities, uh, maybe ice skating in the winter. And, um, you know, uh, I think we've talked about several different things during the summer. Um, food fairs, different things. And then this area up here, uh, a community playground and a walking path around the outside, around the, the pond, and then uh, uh, an area where we could have musical events and, or outdoor worship services, uh, things of that, of that nature. Um, now, 
the, the one thing all the renderings show is a completed project. We're not going to start with a completed project. We're going to just finish a portion of the project. So uh, as we move in, uh, the areas of the project that will be completed first are this section of the church and this playground area. I think, um, the next, there we go, the uh, playground slash adventure park. Uh, the people on the playground committee said it's going to be way too cool to just be called a playground. It's going to have to be called an adventure park. So uh, there you go. Um, and, uh, and that itself will be phased. So we'll try to get the first phase of the adventure park done uh, this year. Uh, and then this uh, wing of the church. Now, uh, the church was designed to have a, uh, an entry area that's large, has lots of glass, uh, a big lobby, a chapel, and various things, uh, uh, and, um, an area above, mezzanine. Um, as we were pricing things out, we realized there is no way that we can do that in the first phase. It's just beyond us. And so we're going to not do that right now. And then we went back and redesigned the interior of this, uh, of this wing right here, um, and that uh, will be the first part that, um, that we uh, start uh, the floor plan on. So that's, that's what we're trying to build right now. So if we do a blow up of that, um, maybe Corey, you can help me here. There we go. Uh, that, that's what we're trying to build right now is, the, uh, is that one wing. And so what that gives us is a space uh, almost twice as big as what we have right here. Uh, this is about 7,000 square feet. This, uh, the one we're building is about 12,000 square feet. Uh, it will give us a lobby that's about uh, two and a half times the size of the one we have right now. Uh, much more children's space. Uh, it'll give us about 50% more seating in the sanctuary. Um, and, uh, and so it, it's, it'll, it'll give us room for growth. Um, and I think it'll, it'll be... Uh, and, and, and we'll have to plan on what do we do. I mean, we're going to be on 173 here to find this place here. How did you first find LifeSpring Community Church? You had to, you know, if you found us recently, you had to drive through uh, big potholes and some blue tarps and go through a little tunnel. And, you know, um, the, this uh, location will be right on 173. So if we end up getting more folks, we have to figure out, okay, how are we going to be an inviting church, a connecting church, a, a church that blesses people that enter into our our myths. So th those will be some conversations we'll have to have in the future here. But I, I think that this this space that we're uh, that we're uh, working on building right now is practical. Uh, I think it it leaves us some room for growth, and I, I think it it uh, it'll be useful for for many different things. There've been a lot of people that have been working together on this. Now, where are we at now in the process? As we're waiting for. Uh, approval from uh, the Department of Transportation. We have approval, if we can go back one, Corey, uh, if we have approval for this access on 173 for a three-quarter access, we're asking, for, or the village is asking for full access so we can make uh, a turn, both turns in and both turns out. And we'd like that too, um, but we should have that answer this next week. So if you're a praying sort of person, if you can be praying that we get a favorable answer from IDOT, that would be great. Uh, there's also an association agreement that needs to be put together between the retail and the community center and the church, even though we're the only thing on there right now. Um, but you can be praying that that goes well also. And then for the, the resources that, uh, that will be needed. Um, Timing-wise, uh, we're, we're hoping to get uh, village approval uh, this spring. We're simultaneously doing the, uh, the, the floor plan, um, the details, mechanicals, all those sorts of things. Um, so we'll be able to actually submit those and 
God willing, start this spring, and, uh, and we're praying uh, to be in sometime this next fall. Um, so that's another, we got lots of prayer requests here, but uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's the plan as it stands. Now, uh, Jill's going to come up here you, uh, and, and share a tool that we have. Uh, if you might have a rich uncle or something that, uh, that, uh, that you could talk to, and Jill's going to uh, share a tool that you could use with your uncle. Good morning. Um, Hi. Um, Actually, um, I'm so excited about this. Actually, this whole thing has worked out so beautifully. But um, I'd like to share with you three simple ways that you can participate in Place Together. So at every place, you have a blue envelope. So if you want to open up your blue envelope and take out the things that are in there. Um, First of all, we have a refrigerator magnet that has... um, has a picture of what we plan our, our church to look like. So we would just ask that you take that home, put it on your refrigerator, and whenever you pass it, please just pray for us. Pray for some of the things we've asked for today. And then also, um, in your packet is a communication card, the communication card. We just ask that everybody today, everybody, um, update their information just to make sure we have all the right information, everybody's email address and all. Because tomorrow morning, we're going to send out an email that will include information about Place to Gather. And it will have um, all um, financial information on it and prayer requests. Three ways that you can participate, which would be to pray, to volunteer, and to give. And then it also has a forward to a friend. So like Pastor Cabot said, if you if you have someone you know who might be interested in place together, we would just ask um, that you forward it on. And then also is a campaign enclosed is a campaign commitment card. Um, as you've heard from Jason, we are exactly halfway into the campaign. And um, I just have a really quick story. Uh, our small group is doing um, is working through First John. No. Yes, we are, First John. And if you've worked through First John carefully, you know that it's really kind of difficult because it, there's just, it's the, the wording of loving and everything. And um, put into the mix that the five of us who are going through this work from three different translations. So we're just kind of really working hard through it. But a couple weeks ago, um, Pat asked a question. And the question was, I want to read this for sure, who has loved you like God loves you? And John and I just looked at each other and we said, Doug. Doug was the pastor at our first church who led us to the Lord in 1987. And then the study went on to say that loving like God is sacrificing for the benefit of others as God sacrificed his son for the benefit of us. And, um, and I, I really struggled through that all week. I was thinking, like, who did, who did that? And, of course, Doug, I mean, he sacrificed, he he went to a biker bar that John was playing at one night. That's not where he normally would go. But he loved us enough to meet us where we were. And then I thought, who else sacrificed? And then I thought about the people who sacrificed to build Lakeland. People sacrificially gave their money so that John and I, at one time, were able to hear the, God, hear the word of God preached and receive the gift of eternal life. And... Um, and I think about that all the time. And well, not actually, I never did until last week <laughs> that people really sacrificed for me. And then I think of all the elders and the teachers and, and all who sacrificed for us, all who have crowns waiting for them in heaven. And I just pray that Life Spring would be like that. 
that we will benefit, that we will sacrifice for the benefit of others without earthly reward. So I just ask that you would pray and consider how you might make a commitment to impact the generations to come. It's two generations of my family who have been impacted already. To impact the generations to come for the kingdom of God. And it will be a sacrifice, but it will be definitely worth it. And if you look at your card, just in case you wonder what to do with it, it does have a return envelope uh, address on it. So if you want to just drop it in the mail or leave it in the basket, that would be great. Thank you very much. Well, uh, uh, help me out. Uh, who has heard this, the uh, story of the feeding of the 5,000? Anybody? Guys? Who's heard that? We're really honest. I know some of you have. They're not raising their hands here. Okay. So most of you. Okay. So as, as the story goes, the, uh, uh, it, it's told in all four Gospels, which is kind of unusual. And as the story goes, uh, Jesus sent out his 12 disciples uh, to, to go uh, do ministry. And they came back, and they were telling him about it. But also he learned that his cousin, John the Baptist, had recently been beheaded. And with all that was going on, they, they'd headed out in a boat, and uh, they were looking for some time just together without anybody else and crowds following them. But as it turned out, the crowd did follow them. They got there, and, and, uh, and Jesus went ahead, and, and he taught, and he healed, and he did uh, the things that he did. And then at some point, he said, uh, um, we need to give these people some food. And his disciples just said, send them home. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. And... Uh, so he, he had them sit down in groups of 50, and, and uh, he gave um, the, some food to his disciples, and it got multiplied, and there were 12 baskets left over. Um, the starting amount of food was two little fish, five barley loaves, and m the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, give most of the details of this, but John gives one detail the other Gospels do not give, and that's where did the bread and fish come from? And essentially, he said it came from some boy's lunchbox. It was some young lad, I think it was, I think it was lad was the King James Version translation. Uh, and we don't use that word anymore, it's kind of cool. But, um, but some boy was willing to give up his lunch. And can you imagine if he said, no, I'm not going to give it up? What it would start with. But the disciples said, we don't actually have any food, but this boy does, and he's willing to give it up. And so the boy gave this food, and can you imagine the blessing that was to him as he saw his lunch multiplied out, feeding this massive crowd and a bunch left over? And I, I, I think about that in terms of us uh, with Place to Gather, that when we make small earthly investments, God can multiply that into a huge spiritual investment, that God can use something powerfully. And, and the culmination of this boy's um, uh, gift was Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, pointing to himself, saying, here's a great miracle, but a greater one is, is who I am, said Jesus. Um, as, we, uh, as we sort of um, bring this to conclusion, I want to invite all of us to, um, to give something. And uh, so on your table, um, and there might be three different things you could give. Uh, on your table, as Jill mentioned, there's, a, uh, there's an information card with, a, with prayer on, the, on one side. Um, in your packet, there's uh, something that it's a, um, a card that you can, if you, you may have already filled one of these out, but if you haven't, you, know, you can fill out a, a card saying, I'll give 
a certain amount each month. And even if you can only give a certain amount each month, or actually that can be better in some ways because the bank will take that and say, well, that, you know, we have these commitments and that they actually, that will actually help us in the future. Um, and then, uh, or, and then you can give your regular offering in that basket too. But if, if you, um, the, the one thing you can give that each one of us can give is we can turn that information card over to the prayer side. We can say, what is my prayer for the place to gather? What do I hope God is going to do through uh, this ministry in this community? What is my prayer for this community? What, are, what is my prayer to God? Uh, and, and what will he do? So I, I just want to encourage all of you to do one of those things. Put it in the basket there. That'll be sort of our, uh, part of our worship service is giving back. So we'll do that. And then, um, uh, and we're gonna have some music while that takes place. And then we'll have uh, the Lord's Supper and, uh, and we'll, we'll pray for the Lord's Supper. Somebody said it's going to be an hors d'oeuvre to our lunch. It's not an hors d'oeuvre. It is actually uh, the, uh, the uh, first and most important part of our meal. But uh, let, me, uh, let me pray for us we'll, uh, and we'll... Um, do that. Father, thank you for uh, what an amazing uh, story you are writing. Uh, we're just a little part of it, but, uh, but we're grateful. I'm grateful to be a part of it. I'm grateful to give and to, uh, to be challenged, uh, to struggle, because uh, I know that uh, even in my struggles that you were perfecting my character, and I, I thank you for Tom's testimony to that as well. Uh, Father, I pray for each man and, and woman and, and child in this room for your blessing upon them. And uh, speak to us, Lord, uh, even as we give. In Jesus' name, amen.